done is, is we have this one-year Bible. And, and we've been reading through the one-year Bible, and, and I've been preaching out of something you've read that week. And, uh, and hopefully it's been really good, because I know I've actually thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and, and it's, here's the sad truth is a lot of people have not read what's in the book. And you don't know what's in the book if you haven't read the book. And so our goal was this year is to get you praying and getting you to read the Bible. And you might say, well, Jeff, I just started coming here at First Baptist Church. And, and I say, welcome. Welcome. Um, we do have these. And what you do is you just pick up today's reading and you start reading. And then if you keep on reading, come this time today, next year, you've read through the Bible completely. And, and it's just, uh, uh, honestly, I think it's something that as believers in Christ, that we should endeavor to be in the Word constantly. If we can read through our Bible and read our Bible every day, it just helps me in my walk every day. And then I know when someone tells me something, whether it's true or it's not, because is it in the book? Is it in God's Word? And that's going to kind of lead me a little bit into what we were talking about today. I want to talk about freedom in Christ. See... Do you guys know that we live in a world today that wants to tell us how to do things? How to walk. How to talk. How to fellowship. How to interact with other people. How to believe. How to work. Pretty much you name it, aspect in life, and and, and ask someone, they have an opinion on how that should be, right? And so I want to talk a little bit about that because as we read this week in the book of Galatians, that's really the whole book of Galatians, that's what Paul is dealing with, is, is what people want to do and how they, they want to take new believers and they want to add things to what they believe and, and, and change where their walk is. And that's really the cliff notes of Galatians, the book of Galatians. And, and so I really want to talk about that because when I was reading through Galatians and, and I thought, man, we deal with that today. You know, the, Paul is dealing with this back in the early church, and I look at it and I say, you know what, we're dealing with this today as well. Things haven't changed. And so I think it's important that we kind of dive into this. So I'm going to dive right into the Word this morning, because I've got several things I want to get into. If you have your book, your book, this one right here, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn it in Galatians. It's in the New Testament, Galatians. We'll also have it up here on the screen as well for you. And I want to read from, from Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. And you might ask and say, hey, Jeff, why do you always read off your iPad? Because I can make it bigger. <laughs> I always heard about this growing older thing, and I heard about these 40-year-old eyes. Well, the 40-year-old eyes weren't too bad. The 48-year-old eyes, on the other hand, are a little different. So, yeah, they're kind of changing. So in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1... It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will have no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. 
And for through the Spirit we eagerly await faith, await by faith the righteousness which we hope for. For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. <laughs> One thing when I read my Bible, I think about I think about our church body and I think that um, when we're reading about something like circumcision, uncircumcision, I, my first thing goes to my mind is, what do you think? You know, what is people, if they're talking about a physical act, you know, and, and of, about being circumcised, and, and is that what they're talking about? And the people looking at it and saying, wow, don't know why this is a big deal. You know, I didn't even remember that. You know, when I was born, they did it, and it's good. So why is it a big deal now in the Bible? And really, when we're talking about this, we're really not talking about circumcision versus uncircumcision. It really has nothing to do with it. It was a symbol of something else. All right? And so, um, one thing that, that God has really laid on my heart is, is this thing called Christianese. We have, we have words in, in Christian language that sometimes people that are newer to the faith or people that haven't been taught necessarily don't know and I'm going to talk about a couple of those today this is one of them I'm also going to talk about justification and and there's these different words propitiation and and at some point we're going to dive into a bunch of these things and talk about it and we're going to have a class on Christianese and and what these different words mean because um, I got to be honest with you until this sermon I don't know if I've used circumcision and uncircumcision in a, in a conversation this year. It wasn't high up on my list as something to pile through, right, on it. And so, so I want to really kind of dive into that. But what happened was, is, is Paul was dealing with the law. Um, if, if you were a Jew, um, you lived underneath what was called the law. And this is the law of Moses is what they're talking about. Um, the law of Moses isn't just the Ten Commandments. It's really the first books of the Bible that you'd read in the Old Testament, the first five books, what's called the Pentateuch, okay? And so that's what, it, what they're really talking about is these, this book of Moses. And, and all together, to give you an idea of the law, there were 611 commandments to live your life by. And so that's what the law did. The law didn't just govern one thing in your life, it governed your life. And I want to read something to you out of this. This is out of Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, it says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, nor the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifice, repeat endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, they would have had a stopped offering, for the worshipers uh, would have been cleansed once and for all. And, all, and, no, and would no longer have a guilty of the, be guilty of their sins, but those are sacrifices are on an annual reminder of our sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So what they're talking about is in the Old Testament, they'd even have a yearly sacrifice. Israel would, would, would bring 
uh, some goats up in front and they would do, they had one was called a scapegoat and they had another goat and they would sacrifice the one and they put the blood on the scapegoat and let it, let it off and to be free as, as, as a symbol of being paid for our sins for that year. And when we look at the law and these 611 commandments, what they were trying to do is bring you into a right relationship with God. They were trying to bring you into a holy life with God, okay, that you can live in life and you, you governed yourself with. But there was a problem with that. You couldn't do it. It was down to even the clothes you wore. You wouldn't mix cotton with linen. And you wouldn't take this with that, and you, would, you had to do, you, you wouldn't work on Saturday, which is the Sabbath, and, and you would not do anything. You'd put stuff away the day before, so on Friday, because Sunday in the, in the Jewish calendar is actually the first day of the week. And you had all these different things that you did, and they were, they were all designed to bring you closer to God. You would make sacrifices for your kids and for your family, and you read that, and we've read through the Old Testament this year. A majority of it already, and, and you've seen a lot of that, especially when you're in the early stuff in Leviticus, and, 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 and you start seeing those different things, those different commands that we had. But it governed everything. It gave her what I ate, what I could eat, and what I couldn't eat, right? Um, everything. It was just a way to become clean and holy before God. But what happened was, is you became a slave to the law. And, and things even came worse, so we thought that, you know, if 611 laws were, were good, we can add a few more. We'll add things to these different laws to make you a little better. And, and we even get into it, and, and you get into Christ where he's cleaning out the temple, and he makes it, and they're, and they're kicking over the money changers and everything, and he's talking about that here they're trying to do something to make people closer to the law, but what they've done is they pull people farther away from God. Is what's happened that. And our reading is we're talking in Hebrews and we look at the law. The law was a good thing because it pointed to who was to come, which was Jesus Christ. And it was just a shadow of what is to come. Why do we not sacrifice today? It's because I have Jesus. He was the sacrifice. So it's different. It's different than what it was. People weren't able to live by it. In Acts chapter 15 and verse 10, it says, Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we or our ancestors were able to bear? So what happened was, and this was what Paul was dealing with in the law, is, is that he was a Pharisee. A Pharisee was, it, it, you had a Pharisee was like here on the law. They, they dedicated their life to the scripture. And they would have, from a young age, they would have memorized the books of Moses. And they would have known them word in and word out. And they would have done it. Paul was even mentored by, by the Pharisees of Pharisees of teachers even. And to do it. And so he knew what it was to, to have the law. But he also knew on the road to Damascus what it was to have Christ. And so he knew that, though, so he sees this contrast, he sees this freedom in Christ versus the law. And what happens is, is that we as, as a group, we want to change and we want to say that, listen, you're doing a great job as you walk, but let me add something to it. Let me change something. And that kind of brings me to my next point is, is to talk about freedom in Christ. Is the law, the law was what was, would be circumcision, Right? If you were to be circumcised, that would be said that you're going to take on the laws and you're going to become a Jew. That's what they were saying. They were saying that, listen, 
you have Christ, and that's fantastic, but let me, we can do something a little bit better. You need to also uphold the law at the same thing, and that's what Paul is talking about here. This leads to the very first church meeting in Acts, and that's what I read to you out of Acts 15. That's the first church meeting on it when they come over, and Paul comes up and says, listen, what are you guys trying to do? What are you trying to do? See, when we trust Christ as our saviors, there's freedom that comes in that. We're no longer under law, but we're under grace. And that's what you've seen in the video this morning as they're coming over and people want to do all kinds of things. Listen, I can do everything I want to do in life. I can build orphanages. I can give to the poor. I can raise people up. And those are all great things. But without Christ, it's not good enough. We're right at the middle. Did you guys notice what was on the middle right at the yellow? So-so. You know, we're not, we're not in Christ, but we're not bad. The question I always got is, Jeff, do, do, good people, do good people go to hell every day? My favorite verse in the Bible is John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. You had that guy at the very end, and, and he had that big book of a lot of red. And I know some of us are looking at it. I'm looking at it going, that's it? My book's probably a little thicker than that guy's was, because I was busy once upon a time in life. And, and I, and, but when Christ sees me, he sees something different. Let me read something to you. So in Galatians 5, 1 through 3, it says, For there is freedom, it is for freedom, that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Then do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And that's putting the law back on. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself become circumcised, then Christ will have no value in you at all. Again, I declare that every man who lets himself be circumcised, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. And he's saying that, listen, if you're going to take what I've given you, if you're going to take what Christ has done in your life, and you're going to start adding stuff to it, if I want to add the law back into it, then, then it's no longer grace. It's now the law. And that's where we're living at. It is in Christ that we're set free. In Acts 13.39, it says, Through him, everyone who believes is set free from sin, a justification... You are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. There's another word, justification. The easiest way to remember justification is, is just as if I've never sinned. So in that video, I love that video because the guy goes, all right, let's get this over with. And he goes to step up. And he steps up on the guy and goes, no, not you. Him. And then Christ gets up and steps up on there. That is Justification. When God sees me and I go in front of God and it says that everyone will go in front of God, every knee will bow, every mouth will confess. When I go in front of him, God is going to see righteousness on me. He's not going to see the righteousness of Jeff. He's not going to see my righteousness, all the good works I did. Well, I pastored a church. No. He's going to see Christ getting up on the scales and saying, son of God. He's going to see Christ's imputed righteousness on me. That's the justification, just as if I've never sinned. I don't have to be under the law. I'm under grace. I'm under Christ. There's freedom. 
I've been freed. I've been set free from that so that I can walk in God. I can walk in Christ. I don't have to worry about my past because I have a future in Jesus Christ. That's freedom. That's freedom. Brothers and sisters, I've got a problem today. Why are we doing the same thing? Why are we saying that we take people and we lead them into a relationship in Jesus Christ and, and then we start putting stuff onto them that's not necessarily Bible? I've talked to people, they look at me and they say, well, Jeff, if you were really right with God, then why are you wearing jeans up on the pulpit? So I look and I read my Bible and I read, okay, God, should I not... Paul said, I became all things to all people that I might win some. Why do I dress the way I do? Because I want you to be comfortable in the Lord's house. I don't want you to be worried about so much about what you wear, but what you hear. I don't want you to be worried about how you dress, but how you walk. There's freedom in Jesus Christ. And we look at everybody and we say that they have to be in this box. If you're in that box, you are right with God. Jesus wasn't in the box. He wasn't witnessing to the people that were in the church. And he wasn't witnessing to the people that were in the temple. But he was a little bit. But it usually wasn't what they want. He wasn't patting them on the back and saying, good job. He's calling you den of vipers. Why are you leading my people away from God? You dishonor me. I look at Christ and I say that how can I live my life worthy? I've been set free. What does that look like? What does it look like? And here's the thing. Why, Jeff, why do you keep on bringing up this Bible thing? Because, listen, I don't care. I can get up here and say anything I want. It doesn't make it Bible. If it's in the Word, it's truth. Listen, this is not just a book of good sayings. You know, the world will tell you, well, this is just a book, Jeff. Well, you know, how can we know it's true? Because people have been trying to tear it down since it was written. And it still stands. This isn't a bunch of people that just put things together and said, you know what? How can we control our people? Okay, let's write this down. This is God-breathed. It is God's inerrant word. That means without error. Jeff, do you understand everything in the book? I wish. Man, there's so many things in here that I read, and I'm reading Isaiah, and I'm thinking, Isaiah, what are you talking about this week? And, and, and I think about, how, how does this, why is this not speaking to me today? But then I read something else that speaks to me. It's because it's living, too. God speaks to me in this book. We've got a vice president that got ridiculed in the public. And I'm not getting I'm not going to get political on what side of the fence you need to fall on. But what I will tell you is, we got a vice president that says that I hear from God and people ridiculed him. Well, start ridiculing me because I hear from God all the time. If I didn't hear from God, what am I doing here? He speaks to me. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I'm his. When Satan brings things up in my life about my past, or people said that, Jeff, if you want to be a better pastor, this is what you can do. You know, I'll be honest with you. 
I feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants a lot of times. And you're thinking, well, Jeff, why don't you have all the answers? Because I'm just like you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm free. God set me free. He gave me freedom so that I can walk in him and I don't have to be bearing down by everything. That doesn't mean that I walk by any string of doctrine. It doesn't mean that, that, that I can, I'm just free to do everything that I want to do. See, there's this eclectic Christianity that we have today. And we say that, you know, listen, you know what? I read this in my Bible, and, I, man, I agree with that. That is fantastic, but not so much on that one, though. So what I do is I take this one and I push that one away. I'm going to focus on this. You know what? I'm going to focus on grace, but I'm not going to worry about sin. Paul talked about that. He says, what? Do I go on sinning so that, that grace can abound that much more? No. That would be crazy. Listen. We've got to be about God's work. We've got to dive into the word and everything and not worry about it. When someone says something, I've had people come to me and say, well, Jeff, what do you think about this? You know what my best answer is? Let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Because it doesn't matter what I mean about it, but it matters what Scripture says about it. That's what it's about. That's where the freedom comes into. And you say, well, Jeff, you're putting yourself under a bunch of rules. No. You know, when I taught my kids different things, when I taught my kids something was hot, I didn't say, hey, here's a fire, I want you to stick your hand in it. Well, if he sticks his hand in that, he won't do that one again. I don't know, you haven't met my kids. <laughs> Just kidding. They're over there going, it's the joys of being a pastor's kid. And, uh, but, you, but we do that. We teach them not to do that. You've got a hot water boiling on the stove. You don't go over, well, wait, just wait until they pull that handle back over on themselves. They won't do that again. No, why? Because they get burned. When I read my Bible, it says not to do these kind of things. God doesn't want me to get burned. He, he loves me. If I didn't love me, then I wouldn't do those things, right? That's how God's word works. We've got churches that jump on the legalistic side. And legalistic, this is funny because it depends on where you are on the scale and which one you think is legalistic. So legalistic is saying that, listen, you've got to live by these rules and bless God, if you, if you dance in church, you're not right with God. I heard some of you guys make some noise in church. You must not be right with God. I seen, they had the music, by the way, that was fantastic this morning. I was getting my jazz on on that one song. And, and, and we'd look at, well, you guys have music and you're not right. That's on the legalistic side. I see, when we, we preached about worship not too long ago and talked about David dancing before the Lord. He's over there and he, and he was in his long underwear. And, and he's in there and he goes back and his, his wife, Micah, looks and goes, or Mikhail. I want to call her Micah, but it's not. Mikhail. And, and so she comes over and she says, man, you've made a fool out of yourself. And David has the best response ever. He goes, for God, I'd even make a bigger fool of myself. And so we look at that. But then we jump on the other side and we get real liberal, right? We jump over here. And we're like, you know what? I don't have to go to church. I can just worship God in my own basement. And, and, and you know what? I don't have to read the word. I've got God in here. And we do all this stuff and we get all the way so far away from God and what it is that we find ourselves in trouble. 
But what we need to be living in is in the freedom, which is in the middle. It's not on the legalistic side that pulls everybody down worrying about what you're dressed as. And not all the way over here where you don't even worry about anything. You know, this is the I got mine crowd, right? I've trusted Jesus. I'm good. I think of James. So one of the things you read, to, read this week, or I think you read it today or you read it yesterday. I'm a little ahead of you. And... Um, is in Ephesians, it says not that, that, that salvation is a gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. I see what James says. James in the Bible says, he goes, if you want to see my Christianity, watch me. That's paraphrasing for you. He says, look at, look at, walk my actions, walk who I am, and you'll see Christianity as Christ lives through me. That's the freedom. That's the freedom. We want to live by God's words. We want, I want to live my life in such a way that God is honored. I have a goal in life, and I have a goal in my next life. When I get in front of God the Father, I want to hear something. I want to hear, well done, Jeff. You've been a good and faithful servant. My dad is probably watching right now, or if not, he'll watch it a little bit later. And, and I love it when my father calls. My dad calls me every Sunday, and he'll tell me, he goes, Jeff, that was a great sermon. I love how God is dealing with you, and I love that because he's my father. But what more to hear my heavenly father say, well done. I want to live my life and through my freedom that Christ has given me, I want to live my life in such a way that God is honored. I want to live my life in such a way that I glorify him, that, that God is holy in my life. That's freedom. That is freedom. The last point I want to make, and I know I'm running a little long, so I apologize, but, but we're going to keep going. Galatians chapter 5, and verses 5 and 6, it says, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressed through love. They came to Christ and they said, they're trying to trap him. And they said, hey, tell me what the greatest commandment is. He said, he said, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love God with everything. And he says, but the second is like unto the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. I see, a, if I could win the whole world and I don't love it's nothing. And we forget that. And I think that a lot of times us Christians, we forgot. We, we get so legalistic and so dogmatic on things that we forget to love people. That's what I was saved for. God loved me so much that he reached into my life and saved me. Shouldn't I love others? Shouldn't I love others? I want to live my life in such a way that honors Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. I want to love people. I wasn't saved for Sunday. This wasn't my day. I'm afraid to say that a lot of times we have people come to church, and if I step on your toes, I'm not angling for your toes. I'm angling for your heart. This is not church here today. Church happens Monday through Sunday. 
It's every day when I'm out at work or I'm in another place. It's how I carry myself, how I interact with people, how I love on people. If I was sitting here and I work next to you, Jason, all my life, and I've got Christ and, 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 I'm, and I'm growing in Christ and everything else, but yet I never love you enough to tell you about Christ, I'm a miserable failure. And we say that, listen, we don't want to do these kind of things because we're worried about what's going to happen. What will other people think? What will they say? You know, if I say this, I might lose my job. It's not an excuse. See, my salvation cost Christ's life on the cross. Why am I afraid of what happens? Why am I afraid? I need to love people so much that I'm willing to step out of myself and do it. I have cards out there that are up on that little circle table out of there. It says, come worship with us. Listen, this is not leading people to Christ, but I promise you if you give one out and invite them to church, I will tell them about Christ. But what I want more is for you to tell them about Christ. I want you to be able to say that, hey, you know, the best story that there is about salvation is yours. You say, Jeff, yours is pretty good. No, yours is better. Yours is better. Why? Because it's where you came in relationship with Jesus Christ. Where he loved you so much that he saved your soul. And it's personal. Share it. Share it with other people. We need to get back to the book. We need to quit worrying about what we're adding and taking away and just take it all and read the whole thing. And, and, and I told you before, I said, I don't understand it all. I don't. But it doesn't mean I don't try to walk in it every single day. You're the pastor. You don't mess up. <laughs> Ask my wife. See, Christ changed me. He changed me. I've been a work in progress since I was seven years old. I would love to tell you that I've walked in Christ since I was seven years old, but I was a prodigal son. I, I want to say that, that I, I, Christ, I always knew that Christ was still part of my life, but I ran as far away from him at one point in my life that I could. And he pulled me back in. It seemed like every time I walked, it's another step. Christ took another step with me. And he's like, Jeff, Jeff. And finally he said, let's go back this way again. And we start walking. And he's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's always been with me. See, I've never been the same. See, I need to live my life in such a way that screams, I'm free. I am free. And I want to live my life in such a way that screams, you can be free too. If you've never had the chance to lead someone to Jesus Christ, it means you haven't been telling people about Jesus Christ. We have a world that's just dying to come into a relationship with Christ. But who's going who's to send them? I'm sending you now. Tell them. Just tell them your story. When he said, Jeff, I'm not a good speaker. Don't worry, he'll give you it. He'll give you the words. I've been called to share the hope that's in Christ. So have you. Not just because I'm a pastor. See, churches have done that for a long time. They say, well, that's my pastor's job to go out and knock on doors. It's my pastor's job to tell people about Christ. No, it's a Christian's job to do that. My question is, will you share the hope as well? Will you come alongside this church? I'm not saying me. 
Come alongside this church. Come alongside Christ and just say, you know, Jeff, I, don't, I, I know that it, I'm going to be uncomfortable. But I'm going to do it. Maybe you're here today and you say that, you know, this is fantastic. And with all the stuff you're talking about, I like what you're saying, Jeff. But I've never trusted Jesus as my Savior. Today. Today could be that day of salvation for you. Listen, I've told you before, if I could fall down on my knees and beg you to come in a relationship in Jesus Christ and be up in front of you, I'm on Facebook, and who knows how many other people are going to see this and through social media and being shared. And I'm going to humble myself before you and say, please, please come. I'm okay with that. That's all, I'm all right with that. Because I'm not worried about me. I'm not worried about... What, what you guys think about me and every I'm not. I'm worried about what Jesus thinks of me. If I'm okay in his sight, eventually he'll change your sight. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. When we were singing, there's people over here that were praying and, and hugging. And I want you guys to know there's freedom in Jesus Christ. Listen, if God is calling you to come forward and pray, you, don't, you can do it while I'm preaching. You are not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not going to go, look, you're waiting for the opportunity. That was not it. <laughs> not going to happen. You come. If God is calling you, you come. If God is calling you this morning to trust him as his Savior, I want you to come. I want you to come. Guys, will you come forward? Today is the day of salvation. Come.